Welcome to Campion Conversations, an informal podcast discussion of pop culture and the liberal arts. My name is Dr. Colin Dray. I'm lecturer in literature here at Campion College. The cartoon series Adventure Time is the story of a boy and his dog. Well, a boy who likes to carry around a spiffy backpack and a large sword with his dog. And I guess it's a dog who can talk, and who has stretchy, shape-shifting powers, and who's involved in a relationship with a flying rainbow unicorn with the power of teleportation. It's, it's a whole thing. Having first premiered in 2010, Adventure Time ran for 283 episodes, concluding this year with an exquisite final episode titled Come Along With Me, in which viewers were offered the opportunity to bid farewell to the series, their friends, and perhaps, I would argue, one of the most delicately crafted metaphors for youth ever put on screen. Joining me today to talk about the colourful escapades of the inhabitants of the land of Ooh is Thomas Flynn, Campion College's lecturer in Latin and Greek. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. So, obviously, I, I've uh, indicated my bias already, and it was I, I should admit, who wanted to talk about Adventure Time, slightly obsessed uh, with the series. And I, who did the research in order to enable you to talk to someone about <laughs> Adventure Time. Yes, I have to admit, nobody else uh, of my colleagues seems to share this fascination with the cartoon. So I've been badgering people for weeks. So do you watch Adventure Time? Do you watch Adventure Time? I want to talk about the ending. And no one... Uh, perhaps they don't have children of that age, although you do. Uh, or perhaps aren't quite as emotionally stunted as I am, but for whatever reason, no one else except you would agree to talk about the series with me. And you've gone back and you've watched how many episodes? One season and two of season two. Okay, so you have enough to... Because I'm like that, I started from the beginning like a ball. Uh, so you, you know the characters roughly, you know the world. And uh, can, can I ask you, did you purely come to the series because I badgered you about it or had you heard of the series before? What's your relationship to it, I guess? I'd heard about it. In fact, I'd heard about it from a podcast I used to listen to and the guys on that were obsessed with Adventure Time and they talked about it. And it did sound like they were making it up as they went along, um, as shown by your introduction. Um, uh, I Then there was... I'm always a sucker for free things on iTunes. There were, uh, as it turned out, the first two episodes... Um, were given away free on iTunes. Really? Like, I didn't know that. Ages ago. Okay. And I downloaded them. That's uh, Adventures in Lumpy Space and... Um, I can't remember the other one. And uh, uh, The Enkai Ridia, I believe, was probably what you're talking about, even though it's not actually the first episode. Whatever. No, know. it wasn't the Enkai Ridia. Um, that, 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 that amused me. Ha-ha, he's a classic snob. Oh, um, so back in the podcast. Slum- slumber Party something? The there's zombies. a Slumber Party, the Zomber Party, yeah, and then there's the Adventures in Lumpy Space, yeah, the, the Slumber okay, Party that, one. that probably isn't first. Yeah, yeah, the, no, no, the, that podcast I, was, I mentioned, um, they had a long time trying to get to grips with the word in Caridian, and I was screaming, <laughs> it means handbook in Greek, you idiot! But... Um, <laughs> They can't hear you on podcasts because you're not in the same room or in the same, the, the, indeed in the same time. So I've been screaming at my iPod for no reason. So you had some familiarity with it, at, at least uh, to the cultural yeah. o- osmosis. Uh, somebody of... decided um, to give me the book, the Enchiridion book, um, which I don't think I've looked at <laughs> since. Um, not written in Greek. No, 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 no. It's the, it's the, it's the um, and um, one year we we got uh, one of my one of my sons a um, a knight costume, and he needed a sword, and it was I don't know whatever reason you couldn't get swords in Toys R Us, 
and his uncle supplied him with a sword, and it turned out to be Jake's sword. Right. No, okay. not Jake's sword, because yeah, I get them wrong. Finn's sword yeah. from um, Finn the human, Jake the dog. Um, we're going to have to cut that <laughs> it was it there. Stays it was in. Finn's, that, Finn's sword. Um, that, that's the one he had. Okay, so I do remember that. And, and uh, as I'll probably talk about uh, in a moment, he had a number of swords, but I do think I, I know the one you mean. The yellow very, one yeah, with yeah. the bits missing from it. It's a very cool sword. Um, it, it lasted a number of years, that plastic one. But And so, what did you make from your initial. Initial viewing, I thought, well, I don't want to show the children this. Um, I don't like giving children smart aleck things to say back to me they can think them up by themselves really Thank you very much and you know it was just a bit um uh nuts that's interesting so you found it kind of snarky or, or something no no not snarky um uh, perfectly okay within the context of the show but um extremely not okay when it's repeated to you again and right. again and again i like I, I i encourage my children to watch shows like um uh Shaun the sheep because there's no dialogue in it whatsoever. <laughs> well, you don't know. If they put subtitles under what that sheep what, is saying. What I think the farmer know. says. I yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, okay, so uh, you you enjoyed it? You're a bit nonplussed? Oh, no, I, I, it was a bit nonplussed. I enjoyed it. But uh, this will come into my reaction to the second viewing. Um, uh, ow, 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 stop twisting my arm, that one. Um, oh, yes. I, <laughs> when I watched the... Um, we watched it again recently, but um, why don't you tell us what you like about it? Okay, well, I'm, I mean, I have to begin actually by putting in the context of how I came to the show because I, I, I think this may be for my three uh, hundred year old generation, my crusty, decaying bones. This may be uh, how a lot of people at my age came to the program. Is I have uh, young children, and in fact. Uh, <laughs> Probably inappropriately, I began watching Adventure Time when my daughter was weeks old. So this was, I was rocking her to sleep on my chest, and I just wanted something colourful and thoughtless, basically flashing in front of my eyes. Just, just to kind of comfort me while I lingered right on the periphery of sleep. And so I, I put that on, and I found it quite charming. It's very colourful, it's, it's very silly, playful, uh, comical in, in many ways. And as I kept watching it, my daughter became uh, more interested in it, and uh, over time it became the thing that we watched together. So she was about six years old by the time the show ended, and uh, obviously watching that final episode, a little tear welling in my eye. Uh, so it, it's, again, I, I put that out there just to admit that I am emotionally incapable of disentangling myself from the show much of what i say and what i praise about it is completely clouded in that that context but what i discovered in the show is that it, it begins in this very playful silly innocuous uh, kind of tone but it was the the way in which it developed itself over time as the, as the years went on as the series uh, continued you actually discovered that all of the things that it presented in the beginning were far more nuanced and deep than they had been at, at, at first. So things like, you mentioned the sword before, uh, Finn goes through multiple swords, which sounds silly. That sounds almost like, well, they, they just wanted to sell more. Uh, <laughs> we are you nodding in acknowledgement. Uh, it sounds very um, mercantile or something, but it, it's actually 
uh, it's about his growth and development over the course of the series. So at one point, he uh, gets a grass sword. Um, spoiler alerts, by the way, I should um, play this right from the beginning. That I will be spoiling multiple things throughout the series. But he gets a grass sword that's cursed and that actually combines with him and he's unable to disentangle himself from it so that even when he gets his arm cut off, loses his arm... No reaction. No reaction. No, no. I, 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 sorry, I just realised. Of course, you're not watching me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Appalling. No. I, 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 one thing I'm looking at non plus. I think was that one of the episodes I saw. No, 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 no. This is much on. later. Yes. Oh, okay. So when his arm gets cut off, uh, and he actually has to deal with the trauma of losing a limb, which again is pretty dark, in, intense for a children's cartoon. Uh, the curse actually remains, and the, that grass sword. Be- is incorporated into himself and then there's a further evolution of the story that goes on but the the swords the relationships between other characters just the land itself undergoes fundamental changes and and the way in which those changes were not only acknowledged by the creative team but incorporated actually into the emotional journeys of the characters i just found fascinating and again so unexpected for a cartoon that began with such frivolity and silliness in the beginning. I mean, it's it's a land of candy people and freaky mutant wizards and things, and yet it has these emotional through lines for its characters. That the emotionally actually... detached vampire teenage daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Marceline! Her ex- with her extremely unpleasant father. She's the vampire queen! Well, and, and that's another perfect example. So you meet... You have met Hudson Abadir, yeah, his father? He's episode one, season two. So he returns over the course of the series, and you actually get far more of a sense of the way in which their dysfunctional relationship has played out and how his selfishness has... I mean, there's a whole thing going on in Adventure Time with absentee fathers and bad father parenting, which I don't know what that says about me and my relationship with my daughter oh, I mean, watching you, it. You but... know how the other half lives, Colin. Yeah. <laughs> but it... Uh... Her relationship with him is defined uh, and far more nuanced as the series goes on. And you even see in the final uh, series that he's trying to reach out to her in a very inept way towards the end. Again, these emotional arcs change and evolve. Well, I'll just let it in. On this piece of paper in front of me, I wrote the word mannered. And then, because I thought that was it not quite big enough, I wrote it again in large capital letters, mannered. Um, so I was, uh, I, I enjoyed watching it. And, um, but if, you know that thing, there's a show that comes on when you're watching TV, you know, you're flicking channels and uh, they say, oh, I like this show or I like this movie. And so you, you know the movie, so you watch it from a third of the way in or oh, this is the episode where something zany happens. And uh, so you watch it and you enjoy it and, so if I was doing that and Adventure Time came on, I'd probably sit and, yeah, I'll watch this, it'll be fun, yeah, yeah, and watch it, enjoy it, and the rest. The problem is we live in an era of streaming, uh-huh. and I'm not going to be doing that. I'm not going to be just flicking between the streams. I might well pick it up from time to time, watch an episode here and there, but I, I, I'm, no obsession has developed in me at all. And I think the closest analogy, which might not be helped to our listeners... Um, is uh, late era Simpsons. So everything oh, depends on when do you, when do you make think that comparison. When do you think the Simpsons stopped being good? Well, whenever that is, that's. Should um, I tell you the specific episode? You, you, or you say season ten, I think. Well, I, I see uh, where we, we find out. We're going to have to cut this out. No, 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 no. 
let it let it be said, it's when you discover that uh, Principal Skinner is not Principal Skinner. That is the death knell for the... the oh, yeah, but they, at the end of the episode, they go back to how it was in the beginning. Anyway, Simpsons, at whatever point it is, modern Simpsons ain't so great. It's the episode where... Okay, it's that one, right? Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, that specific just, one. I that think specific the universally very, The very line where he says, and we'll never refer to this again. <laughs> that's exactly it. That's it. That's the moment. Okay. Credits come up and you go, oh, okay, well, that was a good series that I watched for 10 years. Okay, no, uh, okay, okay, that one. Right, so whatever period you say this is, um, is no good in The Simpsons... Um, so the thing about The Simpsons now is you watch it and you've seen the classic episodes and, and you know they were really great and you watch episode after episode they were really great now now sometimes you might get a good episode quite often you'll get a good bit in a sh- in an episode mm. but the whole consistent the consistency is long gone in The Simpsons and to me that's a bit like Adventure Time that Adventure Time it has there are charming bits and sometimes really entertaining but to me, to me, don't kill no, me, please. Why I did is I can't really put the way the magic sword. It's the gun um, isn't loaded. I mean, oh, good, I'm good. pointing it at you, but it's not loaded. So. You sure? And um, so, so the, the, I, my my approach to Adventure Time is yeah, it's kind of fun. There are these exciting bits in it, all these um, amusing jokes, but I can't be bothered. And now you, now I'm torn because it, it turns out there's an arc, mm. and which I didn't know about. And well, it's the, meant to the, take the, you by surprise. The show's, go, the show's going. So, yeah, okay, never mind. Um, the show's going. So, and I think, oh God, is this going to be work like The Wire or so, Sopranos? <laughs> where I have to have seen everything to understand the, what they're arguing about in a later episode. And, and, and so, and I that, would love to see well, Jake I, kind of walk I in. Said, all the pieces matter. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I quite like. I quite like to. Um, uh, just be able to randomly drop in. And you were talking about the last episode, so I, I, can I not just drop right into the last episode and just no, no, that's splurge the... on the emotion there. Or uh, the last episode might not make a lot of sense because it, it does kind of culminate in a in a series of narratives that, that build over time. But the beauty of it is, and I'm glad that you brought that Simpsons analogy up actually, because I I know it's unfair to compare anything really to the Simpsons, which has been going for about. 400 seasons at this point it's literally like 20 it started in the presidency of George W. Bush George H. W. Bush is it 30 years it may actually be 30 years or something dear me Uh, but I mean it's been going forever so at a certain point I think you do just literally run out of things to say for the characters but one of the strengths of the the Simpsons is it, it can tell these stories but because it's an animation it snaps back it's, it snaps back to a, a kind of uh, constant narrative mm. point. So the, the kids don't age. Um, Marge and Homer have always been married for a certain amount of years. Uh, people may, on the periphery, may die or lose their jobs. But essentially, the it's comfort food. So you know exactly what you get when you go in. And to a certain extent, that's true with adventure time you have certain uh, relationships that, that remain solid but over the course of the series it actually upends your expectation of a cartoon by deepening your understanding of certain characters by changing their relationships by revealing things about them that you might have taken for granted and you do realize that as it goes along that comfortable cartoon familiarity of a universe that will reset isn't actually operating. That that it, there are arcs being played out. There are characters that are fundamentally changing by virtue of their experience. And I think probably the best way to 
identify that and also to talk about the the depth of revelation in the characters is what do you make of the ice king uh he's a useless cartoon villain yes um which is a perfectly acceptable reading i think i got well yeah i i i was taken surprised i watched an episode yeah i wasn't just um, goofing off and in work hours I was researching by watching an episode of Adventure Time this morning and the one I watched the Ice King is spying on uh, Finn and Jake we should just say the, the Ice King is this sort of villain who is a king magic a wizard with who lives in an ice palace and is always trying to kidnap princesses to yes. make them his wife yes and then at some point he appears to have found true love but it turns out he was just mind controlling her as well or something i think there might be a specific episode yes. yeah yeah there's yeah. something like that there are, there are further think, revelations about his character yeah well yeah. that's the thing i didn't get that far so what i make about the ice king is he's he's a he's he is a one of those joke useless cartoons he's a villain that he's not even the villain of the week he's the perennial villain that the, the characters always have to deal with and you wonder why does he bother why is he still there why why yeah, has he been taken yeah. away but uh, so uh, that's what I make of the Ice King. So, so in, go on, unsympathetic, enlighten me. An unsympathetic, playful cartoon villain that you can beat the crap out of, and then actually, in the most recent episode, you do kind of feel sorry for him, and that he okay, um, good. He okay. seems to he, he he he's spying on Finn and Jake, and um, that there's a desperation. Well, there's a de- well, the point is he what he says it's because, and they they finally find out that he's the one who's been spying on them, and he um, says it's because you always seem to be so happy, and I want your happiness, and then they all fall asleep together because <laughs> um, Finn and Jake have been up for a week. And um, oh, this is the cow that's out the window. Yeah, no, not okay. a cow, the horse. That's oh yes, sorry. Um, the, the and, and they keep saying horse. the horse. And it doesn't look anything like this. <laughs> given the given the sort of jokey bad drawing standards this show has, it still doesn't look like a horse. And it turns out it's the Ice King in disguise. Um, and, and so uh, as the, the show ends, is Finn and Jake have fallen asleep on uh, on the Ice King, and um, he says, "Ah, oh, yeah, so this is it." But I still feel unhappy. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I can see, yeah, so this is not going to be like Seinfeld, where nobody learns, nobody changes, nobody... No, what's no... The people... line, what's the line from Seinfeld? Uh, no hugging, no learning. Isn't no it? hugging, no learning, yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. Uh, well, okay, there so... is hugging and learning in this episode. <laughs> well, the, the, so the Ice King is a perfect example because he, he... I think he does represent where the show begins, which is essentially, at such a superficial level, it, it almost has the narrative depth of, like, a video game. You know, where... Uh, a princess has been kidnapped by an evil villain and the hero has to go and get her back. And it it really is. It's like Mario saving Princess Peach or something uh, at a certain level. But as the show progresses, you actually get some hints of the backstory of the Ice King, who it turns out is this guy called Simon, uh, who lived a thousand years ago. So in our time, because you actually learn that the land of Ooh is a thousand years in the future after a mushroom war of nuclear devastation has wiped out humanity. Uh, And he actually lived in our time and was researching ancient magics and found a crown that basically possessed him, like psychologically, magically possessed him and turned him into the creature that he became over time. And there's far more nuance to it than that, but uh, because there's a whole relationship with Marceline, who you might want to learn about as well, that he, Simon and Marcy, took care of each other for a time when Marcy was very young. And of course, she's a vampire, so she lives forever too. Uh, yes, they're a bit vague about the specifics of her vampirism. And she's not like Kristen Dunst in... Kind of... She's not like Kristen Dunst in... Um, no. Vampire, no, good. no, she grows up. <laughs> so over, over time, you actually get this uh, sense of 
what he has lost. He's a, he's a man who has actually lost his memory of himself. And it becomes this metaphor, actually, for dementia or Alzheimer's in a way. And when they discover some old videos of Simon talking about him himself losing his mind, there's this whole new context that's placed upon Finn and Jake's relationship with him. And you'll notice, actually, as the series progresses, Finn more and more calls the Ice King Simon because he's learnt to empathise with his circumstance in a way that he couldn't before. So it doesn't make him any less funny. He's still comical and ridiculous, but you get more nuance and understanding of what motivates him. And that's true of Marceline. It's true, I think, of Princess Bubblegum. It's all of the characters, even amazingly, and this is incredible, uh, LSP, the Lumpy Space Princess, you, you start to get more of an understanding of what motivates her as well as inane. Lumpy, as space, princess come, come, Lumpy Space Princess comes off as this annoying, know-it-all teenage girl. So there you go, listeners. Um, uh, so if you were interested in Adventure Time, uh, Colin has just told you everything about it. And no. if you're not interested in Adventure Time... <laughs> I could ramble for far longer than this. But I do think that The Ice King is representative of the way in which the show evolves, both emotionally and narratively. Because, you know, you get his whole backstory, you get the the love that he lost, that he might be trying to reclaim by kidnapping these princesses and, you know, playing out this old weird... You, you get even the backstory of the crown itself, which goes back many, many thousands of years. And it, it's... Uh, again, it, you get this developing, not only mythology for the show, but it almost becomes like a monomyth where it's incorporating narratives from our world and our obsession with heroic sort of journey narratives into its own. Yeah. You see, now I don't know what to make of it. Is it something that... You see, what I made of it was, here's a bunch of clever guys putting together a story, drawing on the most superficial assessment of tropes from mm. uh, fairy tales. Oh, and so I'm so on. glad you said tropes so I can Talk launch off in a whole thing yet. Um, the, uh, the, 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 the tropes, so there are princesses and they're treating it in a sort of offhand, slightly jokey way, which I could just about tolerate because the episodes are about a dozen <laughs> minutes long, so that's okay. And, uh, and um, magic swords and adventure and, uh, and the rest of it. But it's not done in, in any straightforward way it is done as a it's done with tongue firmly in cheek mm. and, and that's why I said mannered I was thinking yeah okay, he's kind of fun it's extremely well done it's very well observed there's a great episode where it's essentially a Dungeons and Dragons quest oh yeah they, totally. literally they go into a dungeon I don't they find a dragon at the end I can't remember um, but they anyway they do go into a dungeon um, and chase after each other and you have to find out whether because Jake is a is Jake really Finn's dog it is, I and mean, we are interested well, in the song. Is Jake the dog and Finn the human? So he's not even—he's not like he's Finn's dog in that sense. Well, in, and he is independent. He's fully independent, and he's—he's he, he's really the muscle of the crew because he—he's he's got these magical abilities. He can just—he can just what in, in stretch himself vast distances to, to deal with trouble and then yeah, come right. back, or turn himself into this giant creature. Well, I mean, just just to answer your question, the the irony is that Finn is actually Jake's dog because Jake's family is a family of dogs that basically uh, adopted him as something of a... Keep giving this stuff away! No, well, I mean... I don't think I'll bother watching it now. No, no, no. no, There there is so much. Again, I I threw out a spoiler warning, but truly there... It would be impossible to spoil the entire thing without writing essentially like a 500 
page thesis about everything that slowly gets revealed. And in answer to your question, I mean, I don't, I don't think the creators of the show sat down with, you know, a narrative Bible that they slowly unpacked as the series went on. I think it was just a show that trusted in the imagination's capacity to evolve its storytelling forward, as long as it was emotionally honest and uh, had, you know, maintained a narrative through line. I, I would be very surprised to read that any of the stuff that I've been saying here, the the backstory of the Ice King or what gets revealed about Princess Bubblegum, etc., was actually conceived of in that first series when they put it together. But I think it's as the show went along, they found some of these things interesting, they built it into the narrative, and they trusted that it was going somewhere. Much like the characters themselves have to just deal with changing circumstances and respond to it organically. Um, and again, I do think that that's one, one of the great things about the show is that it actually um, encourages children to deal with change and, and to accept change and to trust that even though they're going through a process of change that they can maintain uh, a, a kind of a, a grounding and a, and a truth in themselves and I know that sounds hyperbolic and, and silly but really there are stories that in colourful metaphor play with trauma and and you know finn loses his arm there are there are which is the only way really to deal with that sort of thing you could either do a movie of the week style thing where everyone's yeah. been horribly or you could deal with it that way yeah and it, and it shows that it's okay to go through emotional states there there are whole periods of of seasons where finn is actually an emotional wreck um yeah and and uh, i mean to awkwardly truncate the discussion and leap straight to the end uh, the final episode actually has a song. This is not a spoiler, but the, the final episode has a song that was written by one of the earlier writers of, of the show. She returned to uh, write a song that actually encapsulates, I think, a, a lot of what that lovely irony about the animation and this form of animation is, that it, it celebrates that things can be eternal but constantly in a state of uh, you know transitory movement uh, things constantly changing but remaining true at the same time she she wrote a song called time adventure and i'll just read a couple of the lyrics because i do think that they're quite beautiful and i will attempt to not tear up as i think of watching this show with my six-year-old daughter right beside me but ladies and gentlemen this is why campion college is now become offering a bachelor of arts in the adventure time art <laughs> I wish. First, yeah. Don't d- tread softly, for you tread on my dreams. Uh, so the the lyrics uh, are to this very beautiful song, which I highly encourage you to to seek out on YouTube, and maybe I'll include a clip in this recording. But uh, the lyrics are: "Time is an illusion that helps things make sense, and so we're always living in the present tense. It seems unforgiving when a good thing ends, but you and I will always be back then." You and I will always be back then. Singing will happen, happening and happened. Will happen, happening and happened. And we will happen again and again. Because you and I will always be back then. You and I will always be best friends. Uh, And there's actually a, a second verse, which I don't have in front of me, that actually talks about cutting out moments in time and hanging them up on a wall. And I'm going to go to the absolute sort of extreme projection here and go well that's actually how animation works that's how you storyboard a narrative is you hang pictures on a wall and and play out 
the way in which this story will proceed. It's it's a act of contradiction where you are taking stationary moments in time and by stringing them together, you create the illusion of movement. And again, it's this, this wonderful way in which this narrative functions is to celebrate how adolescence, which of course is what Finn is going through, he ages over the course of the series, it celebrates the way that adolescence feels eternal and uh, instantaneous at once. It, it becomes this moment in which emotionally, intellectually, uh, you are exploding with all of these experiences and it celebrates them and helps, I think, children deal with them in, in beautiful, colourful metaphor. And I apologise, that's the end of my rant. Okay, okay, you sold me. I'll, I'll watch some more. Any, any final thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Watch Adventure <clears throat> Time. Uh... <laughs> Just I maybe wait, maybe wait a bit and um, and then forget everything we said. And then you just be take it'll be a beautiful surprise. Yeah. Or bang yourself on the head with a hammer and then just watch Adventure Time. True, although uh, as you said, if you just put it on a streaming service and just let it wash over your mind, you may go insane. It's it's quite a lot to, to deal with all at once, I think. In in ten minute passages it can go some to some very bizarre places. Maybe don't drink. When you're about to watch the show, that may not be safe. But uh, I want to thank you for, for joining me, Thomas, and, and for putting up with me just ranting in your face oh, about... That's okay, cool. I'll take that. I'll do it to you sometime. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you liked what we're doing here at Camping Conversations, then please do uh, subscribe and like us on iTunes. If you don't like what we're doing here, I beg you to please take your phone and throw it directly into the ocean. And don't tell anybody... Uh, of what you've heard here. We will see you next time for another camping conversation. No, you won't, because this is an audio podcast. Oh, yeah. Damn. All right, I'm cancelling the whole thing. Okay. Bye. Time is an illusion that helps things make sense. So we're always living in the present tense. Seems unforgiving when a good thing ends But you and I will always be back then 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 Singing will happen Happening happened Will happen Happening happened And will happen again and again cause you and I will always be back then This episode of Campion Conversations was brought to you by the Walter Sobchak Organization Against Nihilists a non-profit organization to combat the spread of nihilism I mean, say what you want about the tenets of national socialism at least it's an ethos Campion Conversations is a production of Campion College of the Liberal Arts, Australia.
again Cause you and I will always be back then Cause you and I will always be back then Cause you and I will always be back then That's why you and I will always be best friends